The following podcast is brought to you by Crosswinds Golf and Country Club in beautiful Burlington. I can't wait to play the course tomorrow, and I'll be looking for revenge on that nasty 12th hole where I put one in the water last week. Oh, it was a beautiful tight list. <laughs> anyway, I made double bogey, wasn't happy about it at all, and I'm seeking revenge. Crosswinds, by the way, is situated between Rattlesnake Point and Mount Nemo, overlooking the Niagara Escarpment. The views are breathtaking. The course is in outstanding condition, as usual. And the people are super friendly and helpful. Their commitment to excellence is second to none. And you know what? You can even sit on the patio now and watch the golfers while you're sipping a beverage. Such a deal. Go to crosswindsgolf.com, book your tee time right there, right now, and get out and enjoy the beauty and splendor of this wonderful golf facility. Hope to see you there at Crosswinds. And make sure you tell them that Hebsey sent you. Now, Mike, let's start the podcast. Live from Toronto, it's Hebsey on Sports, episode number 236. Hi there, sports fans. Welcome to the show. Mark Hebsher, along with Toronto Mike, looking forward to some good old-fashioned sports talk with no bullshit and lots of ass-kicking. Ontario has partially opened up, which means we can have six people in a store at one time now <laughs> and four people sitting on a patio together if they're not from the same household. Meanwhile, in Las Vegas, 18,000 screaming lunatic strangers without masks urged on the Golden Knights to a series victory over the Colorado Avalanche. What's wrong with this picture? Next up, the upstart Montreal Canadiens, who will have, I don't know, 3,000 fans for their game. And maybe they'll allow 5,000 fans when the games are in Montreal. When Vegas has to cross the border into Canada not have to quarantine for 14 days roll up your sleeves show us your arms if you got your passport are you vaccinated come on we'll let you in all right um tampa and the islanders are playing in the other semifinal. is that gonna be a sweep for tampa or is these upstart islanders gonna exact revenge on tampa for what happened last year which wasn't last year it wasn't that long ago that the stanley cup finals were you know um fought for i guess it's just so odd that part of the league is fully up to snuff it's like it's like there was never a pandemic and the other part of the league is shh, there's hockey going on maybe they'll let a few of us in all right the blue jays need to shore up their defense if they want to play with the big boys lourdes guriel jr uh, made a miscue in the first inning that led to three runs that should have been unearned as the jays lost to the white Sox. but a an official score said let's give him a double not an error. It's a double. I hate official scores. <laughs> Not really. Only when they only when they make a mistake, according to me. When is George Springer coming back so we can send Guriel to the bench, by the way? Mm-hmm. And what are the chances that the Jays will be playing in Toronto this year? 50%? 25%? 0%? Probably the same chances that the city of Toronto would put up the Montreal Canadiens colors up on the CN Tower. What? They did? Assholes. To be discussed. We've got the NBA playoffs. We got the French Open. We got golf. We got Euro 2020. We got sports media news. We got more. But first, let's officially say hi to Toronto Mike, who will be celebrating his 1,000th podcast <laughs> sometime next summer. Yes. I'm probably. thinking August of 2022, okay. Mike, the way at your current pace. Vladdy Guerrero's on pace to hit 50 home runs <laughs> by the end of the season, by, C- by game 162. You're on pace to have 1,000 podcasts by august of 2022 now that's an incredible milestone 
And you'll be the first to reach that in in <laughs> podcasting history. I don't know if that's true, but I will say uh, in it, Canada. Well, I don't even know. I don't know. I have to. I have to do a little homework well, you don't be, before You're I the make only, that you would claim. Have the number. Who else would have more than you? Hummel and Fred. Oh, oh yeah, they would. They would because they've been doing it. Uh, daily. They've, they've done. I bet you Humble and Fred have well more than a thousand in the. Uh, they don't well, count them like I do. I know. I haven't heard. Hey, join us for the two thousandth episode See, of. They Humble should have and numbered Fred. their episodes like I did, and even you. I know this is two thirty six because we, we number the episodes. I'm a fan. That's I like to number episodes. I like the. So you're at eight sixty five. Yeah, yesterday night plus two thirty six with me because right. you're co-hosting the show. Right. right. You're well over a thousand. Ooh, I should get I like a plaque or something. Anyway, we'll get into that some other time because this is my favorite. Hey, Pepsi, I got to ask you a question because yeah. the big talk these days, uh, yeah. there's some Delta variant and apparently if you got the single shot, you're not that protected. So now suddenly we're all like, whoa, like let's slow our roll and get fully vaccinated. My question to you, my friend, I know you got the one shot. When will you get your second vaccination shot? I'm going to, I think I might do a live show. It's Tuesday morning oh. at, where am I here? Oh no, Tuesday afternoon at 2.40. At Toronto Western Hospital, Pod B, okay? Uh, that's the University Health Network. So third floor, 440 okay. Bathurst Street. So <laughs> come on and join me. <laughs> come on, we'll have a little party here. I'm going to get my second Pfizer shot, and then I'm good. Yeah, and well, I'll be need... able to come over to your place, and nobody will have to worry about <laughs> right. themselves or me because I'll be fully vaccinated. Now, you need four, You need 14 days after that shot before right. the party. Okay, just because right. you got to have that party 14 days after right. the shot. But absolutely, uh, I can't wait to I've have got you. got that date circled. When do you think you can be in the backyard for a live episode of Hebsey on Sports? We can make a lot of noise and get Tell people Tell me when you want to do it. it. Want to do it next Friday? I'll do it next Friday. Yeah. Okay, we'll talk about it off the air. But okay. yeah, I'm ready for that. I got my bike riding. I'm doing about 20, 25 kilometers a day. Oh, easy. Should be no problem. Awesome. Amazing. Okay, good, good. Oh, how's else? Otis doing? Uh, I know Gene Valaitis uh, in BC always wants an Otis update. Gene's not the only one. A lot of people, you know, I listen to Mark Maron's podcast, and he's always talking about his cats. He's got a stray here. He got this one there, a kitten there, Buster here. And uh, there are a lot of cat people out there. And I'm just, and cat people are cool sure. people. So, and I think I'm pretty cool when it comes to that. But Otis, I saw for 15 seconds. I'm walk, I live on Clinton Street. If you know Little Italy at all. Uh, Clinton is between Bathurst and Ossington. And so um, the next street over just to the west is Grace Street, which is the continuation of Christie Street. Like it's called Christie Street north of Bloor. Right. And then south of Bloor, they said, no, 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 no. Let's call it Grace Street. Toronto does There's that, There's a lot eh? of streets like that. And I don't know about in your town, but in Toronto, yeah. you're on a particular street and then it's called something else. Then it's called something else. And then it's called something else. The one I remember the most as a young man is uh, Annette Street would suddenly be DuPont. Like when you yeah. hit uh, Dundas there, like suddenly it's the same right. street. When you go but, under that, right. that uh, the underpass there. Right. There's but just few. for example, like if you're on Highway 5, someone says, oh, I'm on Highway 5. Highway 5 is Bloor Street. It's Dundas Street. It's it's depends where you are. And Bloor and Dundas do intersect, even though they both go in the same direction. So you, you drive yourself crazy with directions. Anyway, so I'm walking along Grace Street, which is one block from my house, right. up the street. And usually Otis hangs out around there because he'll walk through the um, backyards and the alleyway between Clinton and Grace. Mm -hmm. It's easy. But then he'll cross over Grace Street, which is not a particularly busy street. And it's one way right. going south. So he knows enough to like look before he goes across the street. So I see his new owners. They're coming towards me. They're walking south on Grace. I'm walking north. And it's sort of like, oh, you looking for Otis? Oh, yeah, we know where he is. And he's usually hanging around here. And we're shooting the breeze and talking about, you know, how's it going with Otis and all that. And then we see Otis slowly walking across Grace Street, about 100 feet down the road. Okay, we got to go. 
And I know Otis's thing is he'll, he'll look at you, he'll meow, and then he'll take off. Right. And then just as you're about to get him and pick him up, he'll just take off again. You know the way cats are? But frogs are like that too. You're just about to pick it up and it hops away. Right. It's called instinct, I think. That's what it is. So that's, that's, and I saw, I saw Otis for about 15 seconds. That's the Otis story. A, a great story, Otis. Sorry, I'll just say because we're Leaf fans, we should point out the big one for Leaf fans growing up uh, with Maple Leaf Gardens is that college suddenly becomes Carlton. Right. Not suddenly. Uh, no, not suddenly. But it's that young. It, That's just it. It's not suddenly. Young. I know. Well, there's a young and then it's Carlton. You are now but... entering Carlton Street on the east side. <laughs> but of why, why are we changing the name? Why? Exactly. Like why? And the streetcar is called the Carlton Streetcar. Right. Right. It's just wrong. Yeah, I'm but that's you. but it's like that in other cities too. I've what street am I on? I'm on so and so. You didn't didn't that used to be so and so street? Yeah. Oh, yeah, they changed its name, and a lot of times they change it because some local politician or some figure deserves to get a street named after them. So let's call this like Jesse and Jean Way, right? Young in North York, York. Yeah. was an alleyway sort of behind right. the Firestone Station that led to the Q107 Studios. Right. Well, that wasn't that difficult for Mel Lastman to 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 reclaim to call it Jesse and Gene Way. It was nice. Hey, on that note, so they had they fixed up uh, the Six Points Plaza area of Etobicoke. I saw that. Right. And now there's it's only ten feet. I'd say it's ten feet long. But there's now uh, Jerry Howarth Way. Yes. So that's part because they you, had a few you different. You biked by that, didn't you? I yeah. So I I saw Jerry Howarth Way and I took a selfie with it. Yeah. Well, you know what street I'm always on is Wayne and Schuster. Right, way. right. Always. It's a great. Do you know who played, uh, whenever there was a child character on Wayne and Schuster, who they used to get to play the kid? The little no. Kid? Stu Stone. Really? I did not know that. So there you go. Shout out to Stu Stone. Okay. Uh, one other question, Mike. How are your balls? Yeah, my balls are thanking me on a daily basis because I've been, uh, well, ever since I got my uh, lawnmower 4.0, I've yeah. been using it. How, how are your balls doing? Yeah, I don't know how often to use it. Like, I'm thinking, do you, is it often as you shave your face? Do you do you? No, shave I don't do it that often. In your no. in your pubic area, and uh, every guy's probably different. I yeah. I shave my face more often than I shave my balls. Okay. Yeah, that's we, a line. By the way, I would I have never edited. I've, I've, I've never uttered that line on Toronto Mike. Trying to get so a visual on that one. <laughs> All right, listen, Father's Day's coming up. You know the drill. I think by now that Mike and I both love our lawnmower 4.0. I use it a little more often than he does. Uh, but anyway, it's a personal choice. And this week, Mike, and hopefully you'll be getting one in the mail. Uh, the weed whacker. Oh. That's for your nose and your ears. Some people get, you know, you get a bird's nest in there and you're looking at your friend going, you know, buddy, between like guys can do sure. that. Right. With other guys, you know, <laughs> they'll go like this. Hey, uh, and, like, and the other, Oh, really? If I got a problem there, I, yeah, that's an older so guy So I got the thing. Weed Whacker, and it's pretty cool. Hopefully, you'll be getting yours soon. Like, um, they also have they also have things like um, crop mop and ball wipes and ball right. toner and ball deodorant. and It's quite specific. And the, the underwear is fantastic. I have it, uh, manscaped underwear, and it's it really comfortable. Very comfortable. And uh, the T-shirts, too, are made of that fine cotton. Anyway, folks, if you go to manscaped.com, and you enter the promo code HEBSY, H-E-B-S-Y, uh, on checkout. You get 20% off. And I'd really appreciate it because it's coming down to the wire. I mean, these guys could just put the chop on me, and that could be so, it. So, guys, if you enjoy the content here, which we offer you know, free of charge every week, if you want to help out the show, help out HEBSY, do that. Use the promo code HEBSY at manscaped.com. Father's Day, birthday gifts, just you know, just, just, just for being you gifts. Like, let's, yeah. let's do it up. Take care of HEBSY. Okay. If you've listened to the show before, you know I'm fully invested in the Toronto Blue Jays. 
have been since 1977 when my dad bought season's tickets to the Jays and I was able to see a number of games and then becoming a reporter sitting in the press box, not being able to cheer for the Jays, even though they were my team. That's tough. Right. You know, you're thinking of going into the media business. Let me tell you this right now. Put your loyalties aside. Because if you ever get caught cheering in the press box, maybe now I guess they're more tolerant. I don't know. But back in the day, you're supposed to be an objective reporter. Balanced stories. Okay? Okay, you were a Blue Jay fan once? Fine. I was like that, man. I was a Leaf fan, a Blue Jay fan, an Argo fan. And then when I became a journalist, you know, the old guys, the Jim Hunts of this world, the Bob McCowans of this world, the Pat Marsdens of this world, you know, the Jim Proudfoots, Milt Donalds would say, listen, you have to be objective. You cannot show a bias. You have to be kind of like a referee. That's why I got my referee's jersey here in the background. (laughs) Right, I see that. It's not a Juventus jersey, by the way. It's a referee's jersey because I've been having some problem with the officiating. Anyway, (laughs) last night, the 2021 edition of the Blue Jays, supposedly one of the most exciting teams in baseball, are the most frustrating team as well. How do I know this? I've been following the Jays since 1977. I know about frustration. I know about elation, but more about frustration. Last night's 5-2 loss to the White Sox, by the way, the American League Central leaders, showed that they are a much better team than the Jays. Much better. Not when it comes to talent, but when it comes to executing certain plays. And believe me, they're not a great defensive team. In fact, they're terrible. But the Jays are as well. But the White Sox have pitching. Their ace, Dallas Keuchel, outdueled our ace, Yun Jin Ryu. But it was defense that made the difference. And even though they kicked it all over the place and they played the game like, like the baseball was a wet bar of soap, the White Sox still beat the Jays. Because Lourdes Gurriel Jr. should not be playing left field. Didn't we know this a long time ago? But then he'd make this fabulous throw and get a runner at the plate. And then a week later, he'd make another fabulous throw flat-footed to get another runner at the plate. And we'd say, okay, we can put up with his defensive liability, with his not knowing how to track a fly ball that any little leaguer can make a play on. He twists and turns around like he's a cyclone. But he's got a great arm, so we put up with him. And as Mike Wilner pointed out yesterday, he was a finalist for the gold glove in left field last year because of the great throws that he made in a 60 game schedule. Okay. He's not a gold glover, not even close. He should have been charged with an error, but the official scorer gave the guy a double and it opened the floodgates for a three run first inning. All of those runs should have been unearned against Ryu, but they were all earned because the official scorer was being generous. And because normally the official scorer doesn't charge an error on an outfielder who should have had his glove on the ball, should have caught the ball. Right, Because the official scorer can't assume that a major league left fielder could make that play. So he gives the dude a double. Happens to be a hometown guy. That's my issue with official scores. That was an error. E7 all the way. I don't care if he put his glove on it or not. He misplayed the ball. If you misplay the ball, it's an error. And even Dan and Buck on the broadcast were like, oh man, (laughs) that was terrible. Awful play by Guriel. Um, and so the Korean superstar afterwards settled down and shut the pail hose down for the rest of the way. But the damage was done, and the Jays lost 5-2. Couldn't do much against Dallas Keuchel. And, and even at the beginning of the broadcast, they said, don't try to roll over. Don't try to hit the ball hard against this guy. He throws slow and slower, and we can only get a couple of runs off of him, and we lost. So Toronto's now at 31-29. and 29. Six and a half games back of Tampa in the East. So I say right now, forget about winning the division. 
because you're not going to go by Boston and the Yankees and Tampa. You're just not. You're not going to bypass three teams unless you go on some kind of a 35 and five run when George Springer gets back and Steven Matz is mowing him down and Manoa is throwing no hitters and Nate Pearson's up with the big club and Ryu is throwing shutout after shutout and Robbie Ray with his tight pants is striking out 18 or 20 batters a game. Then the Jays will take over first place. But now, no. There's no George Springer. And I don't even want to know about his freaking quadricep, this goddamn quadricep. It's been seven weeks mm. since he tried to come back from the injury that put him out of the first three weeks of the season, lasted four games. Ah! And should he have had surgery way back in March or April? Did the Jays know about this and say, ah, let's see, it'll be okay? Because once he injured it the first time, they really had to be careful. Then when they rushed him back and he re-injured it, maybe they are going, oh, geez, we should have had surgery. Because something had to have been done to increase um, the, the, the recovery time. Whether it's surgery, whether it's some kind of rehab, whether he's in the whirlpool every day, come on. What's he going to play, 95 games for us in his first year? $150 million guy. What's the lineup going to look like if we get this guy? Phenomenal. But right now, we need him. We're three games out of a wild card spot currently held by Boston. The Jays would have to pass Cleveland, Houston, and the Yankees in order to secure the last playoff position. Got it? Got it. All right. How are they going to do it? With Springer in the lineup. That's the only way they're going to do it. When's he available? Don't ask me. I'm sick of talking about it. So is every other reporter. Gregor Chisholm yesterday was like, oh, God, come on, please. No more questions. When's I don't want to hear an update on Springer. He's feeling better. He's running. He's running faster. He's running sprints. It's enough already. Sick and tired of hearing this. So the Jays aren't taking any chances. We get it. They say he's looking better every day. That's what they were saying in April. I'm looking better every day. You're looking better every day. We all look better every day. We're all day to day. I'll believe it when I see it. And believe me, when he comes back, he has to be leading off and playing center field. None of this DH crap. Get out there and play center field. That's what we're paying you for. What we're not paying you. What we are paying you. I would suspect that George will get a day off here or there. Kind of like Kawhi Leonard. A little bit of load management, maybe play DH once in a while. Don't want to hurt him. Right? He's like a thoroughbred out there. 95 games of George Springer. Meanwhile, what do you do with Guriel? Great arm, but he plays left field like a combination of George Bell and Chris Colabello. <laughs> Stumbling, bumbling. Since he came up as a shortstop, why not try him at third base? Why not? Who is that George Bell jersey you got there? That's a George Bell jersey. <laughs> Hepsi, give me uh give me five seconds here. Hold on here. Hi, I'm George Bell. You listen to Toronto Mike. That's him. Please continue. That's Georgie. So, and listen, who didn't love George Bell? But you knew that every time there was a fly ball to left field, it was an adventure out there. <laughs> yeah. When Lourdes Goriel starts hitting the ball like George Bell did and putting up MVP numbers, I, I could take a little bit of problems in, you know, in left field when it comes to defense. When he's hitting 47 homers and driving in 134. But until that time, Lourdes is a bench warmer and maybe a third baseman. He played short coming up. Why not a third base? But try him there. You got no one. I mean, you got panic. Biggio is coming back. I don't know why, because he didn't do anything down in Buffalo in his rehab stint. One for 11. So who knows? Or maybe you could trade Guriel for some pitching help. Because your outfield is going to be Springer, Teoscar, and Grichuk. That's pretty good. Jonathan Davis can be your fourth guy. I got that. You got some other prospects in the minors. You can always trade for a fourth outfielder. 
So unless Guriel is going to be a somewhat everyday player. And the other thing is Guriel is, he doesn't look like he's hustling out there. He doesn't look like he cares out there. He's not a blue collar player. He doesn't get his uniform dirty. Do you know what I'm saying here, Mike? Sure. He reminds me of a guy named Jan Herva Solarte, who played third base for the Jays one year and was the laziest, never ran out a double play ball, never hustled out there. If he made an error, he kind of, you know, looked at his glove and rubbed it. I didn't like his attitude. And I'm starting to feel that way a bit about Guriel. He's a little laissez-faire, a little lollygag. I think the intensity level's got to come up. And it's got nothing to do with his hair. And by the way, his brother, Yuli, has the same hair. Did you notice that? He's taken off his helmet and the dog is, oh my God, they got the same hair. Right. <laughs> anyway, I shouldn't be saying anything about a player's um, personal appearance. Right? How he dresses, how he looks, how he wears his hair. It's really wrong. Only if you say positive things, right? Uh, but I can tell you this right now about Guriel. I'll bet you he uses the lawnmower 4.0 <laughs> and the weed whacker and the ball toner too. I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> let's talk about this team defensively too. While we're at it, you got this kid, Riley Adams just came up, right? A raw rookie uh, replacing Danny Jansen. You've got uh, Reese McGuire playing. You've got Alejandro Kirk on the DL, Jansen on the DL. You got a, a, another catcher in the minor system, and I can't think of his name. You got like five catchers on the 40 man roster. Maybe it's time you did some trading. You traded some of those chips because every team needs catching, and you helped out your pitching staff. How about that? Bolster the lineup. Just, just a suggestion to Ross Atkins because you need more. Tampa's too good. Okay. And they're, and they're doing it with a, a payroll of half with the Jays. I think Tampa's payroll is like 65 million. Jays are like 130 some odd million. Ridiculous. How do they do that? They've got good personnel. They've got good scouts. They, every player on that team can play multiple positions, right? They're versatile. They've got great pitching. They can trade away the Blake, Blake Snells of the world and the James Shields of the world and all these pitchers and still have a great staff. You know, what do we have? We got Ryu. We got this rookie, Alec Manoa. We got the amazing Robbie Ray with his tight pants. We got tonight's starter, uh, Ross Stripling. We got Steven Matz. <clears throat> you know, both those two guys are pitching way better than I thought they would. Done a pretty good job. And maybe Nate Pearson who threw five shutout innings for Buffalo last night against Scranton Wilkesbury? Five shutout innings. He only walked three and gave up three hits. Maybe a few more of those. Maybe some confidence. Maybe the big right-handers ready to pitch in the Mejor Leagues. And George Springer hitting atop the lineup. Who knows? Anyway, Garrett Richards goes for the Red Sox tonight. Ross Stripling for the Blue Jays at Fenway. Big weekend series. Big, big, big. I'll be listening on the radio to the Red Sox broadcast of it because I don't want to listen to a simulcast. Even though it's Dan Schulman and Buck Martinez, and even though Dan is pretty aware that there are radio listeners, it's still not the same. I want to listen to a radio-only broadcast. By the way, a lot of Blue Jay employees were let go this week. Mm. Mass firings, prompting many to believe that the team will not be playing any games at the Sky Dome this year. That's sad. Uh, because they just moved from Dunedin to Buffalo. And even if the border reopens, highly unlikely that the team will pack up and move to Toronto. Even if they don't have to quarantine for 14 days, they're going to have to live in some kind of a bubble, right? <clears throat> and their families. And how do you do that? You move them into hotels. You find housing for them for, what, a month or two? 
No, not going to happen. Uh, you can have a full capacity eventually in Buffalo if New York State allows for it. We're close to full capacity. Wouldn't you rather play in front of 10, 15,000 screaming loyal fans as opposed to in a Sky Dome in front of nobody or maybe a few hundred? I would. As long as I can go across the border to watch them in Buffalo, I'm, I'm okay for this year. What about you? I was wondering if they would make an exception for uh, Blue Jays' playoff series. Should we, we be so blessed? Like, uh, sort of similar to the exception that they're making for the Montreal Canadiens. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it, but I think it's a good idea. I would believe that by then, we'd be fully vaccinated in this province. So much so to the point where you didn't have to worry about restricting the number of people in restaurants or in any indoor setting. And I'm a fan of the uh, the whole, like, okay, Pat, you have to have your... You have to pr- prove you're fully vaccinated over 14 days ago, or you have a like a legit medical exempt- exemption as to why you can't get fully vaccinated. Like, like I think that that maybe those are the people who are allowed to see Jay's playoff games at the Dome this year. Wait a minute, Mike. Did we not discuss this? And uh, you said you were very much against the vaccination passport idea. That was someone else. I <clears throat> never expressed that All opinion. Right. <laughs> okay, my mistake. Um, yeah. So. I think they're going to be the Buffalo Blue Jays for the rest of the year. And I think it's great for the city of Buffalo. And I think they deserve it in Buffalo. They do. Why do they deserve it? Well, here's why. They um, accepted us with open arms. They made, you know, the organization allowed Buffalo to move to Trenton, New Jersey to play their games while the Blue Jays took over uh, the Buffalo uh, Stadium, Salem Field. Um, And I think they could have gone anywhere. They could have stayed in Dunedin. They could have gone to Tampa and shared a building there. I don't know, but I just think that the city of Buffalo did a terrific job in allowing the Jays uh, to come there and adopt them basically as their own team. Okay. But you know, this, there's a good, there's a, yeah. I think it's a good relationship that Toronto, Toronto has with Buffalo always has Torontonians are Buffalo bills fans. We're Buffalo fans. We've seen Buffalo television since we've grown up. Yeah. And we're aware of what goes on down there and some of the hardships that the town has had and the sports teams that we've followed and the local personalities that we've seen on television there. And quite frankly, whenever I go to Buffalo, I enjoy myself, whether I'm going shopping or sightseeing or, or going to a game down there. Some of the restaurants or clubs, I've seen great concerts down there. Shout so good out, on Buffalo. Yeah, shout out to Commander Tom, who entertained me many Sunday mornings. Oh, come on. Hi. Shout out to Commander Tom. <laughs> he's still with us. I think he's in his late 80s, but he's still with us. He might be watching. Dialing for dollars was my favorite. <laughs> Irv Weinstein's no longer with us, sadly, but uh, he was another no. good one. A lot of those guys. Yeah, so I'm a big fan of Buffalo. And Dan Showman, luckily, is doing the um, the road game. So he's doing the games this weekend, the ones he just did them in Chicago and now in Boston. But when they get to Buffalo, it's going to be Buck Martinez from his Florida home doing the games with Pat Tabler from his Cincinnati home. And, and the funny thing is, a lot of, there's no boots on the ground in Buffalo. I have not seen Ben Wagner or anybody with a report from Buffalo. And I, I don't like it when the announcers aren't there. I feel as, you know, they have to probably speculate as to what's going on down on the field, even though they're sitting remotely. Why aren't they at there? The ballpark. Why, why the heck? Well, you're, you're what's happened in the is, is that slowly but surely, radio and TV crews are being allowed to go back on the road. That's because their employers have said, let's just stay you know, at your home, doing your work from there, as Dan has been doing all along, as Buck and Pat have. And it's also up to the various teams as to whether they're allowing media into their facilities. I don't know if the visiting media press box, uh, radio or TV box are open in every field. 
because of whatever restrictions they might have locally or municipally there. Isn't locally and municipally the same thing? Yes. Pretty much. Mm -hmm. So um, what's happening is slowly but surely, the more people that are being vaccinated, the more um, radio and TV crews are being allowed to physically go to the place where the game is being played. And the ones that aren't are doing a really good job of pretending that they're actually at the game. But there's nothing like being there. There were two situations I can think of. One, uh, Danny Jansen gets thrown out trying to go to third base, a foolish base running error, and then gets taken out of the game. So people are, Buck and Pat are speculating that he was injured. Others are speculating that maybe he got pulled from the game that Charlie Montoya said, that's a base running blunder that might've cost us the game and I'm benching you. Now that was unlikely, but still it would have been great to have boots on the ground. Somebody there in the camera well saying, no, I just saw Danny Jansen and he's rubbing his left thigh and it looks like he's coming out of the game because he's injured. But instead we had to wait three innings for the Blue Jays to officially announce that Danny Jackson, Danny Jansen was pulled from the game because of an injury. So little things like that with nobody there that affects the broadcast and slowly but surely other teams, other broadcasts, TV and radio are allowing their announcers to, to travel. I actually heard hopefully the Jays will do that with at least with Buck and Pat. Right. Cause they're already down there. Cause they're already in the United States. Right. So if you're got to see, you got a homestand in Buffalo, send them to Buffalo. If they're allowed to sit up in this booth, send Ben Wagner there. Right. If you can send Hazel or a, a rash or Dan. Great. Right. But By the way, on. I heard Dan speak on this just this week, actually, and it's kind of interesting. He says the biggest difference, he says, when he's calling it from his home or whatever, or the Sportsnet studio, I suppose, versus being at the game is, let's say it's not, it's a, it's a, you're not sure if it's fair or foul, it's a home run ball or something. He would always look at the umpire, and he would call it the way the umpire was calling right. it. And then if he was wrong, he would obviously blame the umpire because the umpire made the call and he was wrong. So you're just calling it the way the umpire called it. Correct. You're but just he, saying the call right. in the field is foul ball. But on the screen, I guess when he's calling it, he has to make a call himself. He can't go look at the umpire and see what the umpire is uh, just. He doesn't always have that view. He, yeah, he doesn't also, have that view. Right. His arms are tied because if it's the visiting team's television feed, mm-hmm. they're going to show what they think the right. fans in Chicago want to see. Right. And as a TV announcer, you have to kind of go with the flow that if you want to talk about Alec Manoa, but they're showing, you know, Jose Abreu, it, it, it doesn't fit for your TV audience. Right. You're going, well, Manoa's done this, that, and he's reading, you know, reciting stats. And so he has to be even more aware as to what the TV feed is showing the viewers. So it's just awfully tough. Right. Just t- so that, that's, Who would have that's- ever thought that you would have to call a game not being there? Right, right. And it's done so often. You know, all those soccer matches I watched for years that had uh, Andres Contour calling the game, I thought he was there. I thought he was in Madrid. He was in, uh, you know, in, in Sao Paulo or wherever the game was. I just thought he was the announcer. They just sent him to the games. I had no idea. He's sitting in a studio in Miami <laughs> with, the wor- with the feed, the video feed of the game, and he can see all of it, and he's all plugged in there. He's sitting at home in Miami. The game's going on in Barcelona. That was fabulous. So the fact that it could be done, was the precursor to this these pandemic telecasts. It had been done before. There had been audio sweetening, right? There had been an announcer uh, somewhere else and his disembodied voice put over top of the game that was going on in whatever the town was. Pretty right, cool. Right. I want to stay with baseball here. A lot of jabber about this foreign substance being put on the baseball known as spider tack. Apparently being used, not apparently, being used by pitchers such as Garrett Cole, who almost admitted that, <laughs> oh, yeah, I cheat. Right. Because it increases the spin rate. 
And of course, the, the, the higher the spin rate, the more difficult it is to pick up the ball, the more it can move and stuff like that. So if you put this foreign substance on it and you throw it a certain way, you can make it sing. You can hear the ball singing as it zings by you. Right. And pitchers have been doing this for years since the game was invented, cutting it up, you know, using a belt buckle, using a foreign object, a, a thumbtack, a, a, an emery board, a nail file, Scuffing it, your yeah. teeth. You know, your sweat, your, you know, KY jelly, whatever. Right. right. It's been going on for years. And now baseball's like, oh, well, we got to stop this cheating. God, you know what? That ship has sailed. What I'm saying is like, why don't you just forget it? Just say to the umpires, just call the balls and strikes or and call the plays on, uh, you know, on the field. Eventually you're all going to be replaced by robots anyway. And none of this nonsense. Let's go out and check to see if he's put something on the ball. I say you should be able to put anything on the ball. And anything in your bat. No, man, that's that's yeah, cheating. Yeah, no, come on, you Mike. You can't go open you, season Every time somebody strikes here. out, you're going to go check that ball. Was it Phil Negro? Spin rate was, was too high. Joe Negro, who had the uh, ma- nail file? Yeah, Joe Negro, was. the emery board. Emery board. That's, that's was Rick right. Honeycutt. Had a thumbtack <laughs> attached to a Band-Aid. He scuffed the ball. And you're right. It. I always remember again, watching in the 80s, the pitcher going behind his ear or whatever, and you knew there was like Gilmore Vaseline Perry, or yeah. whatever. Uh, you never, yeah. They right. were, they've been doing it for years. I don't they think you can. They the spitball back in the 1920s. I, th- right. And I think. Prior to that, you yeah. could spit all over the ball. You could spit chewing tobacco on it. There were no lights in those days, right? So you could, you know, at 5.30 in the afternoon, it's getting dark maybe or something like that. You know, the ball's covered in mud and spit and everything like that. You could barely see it. Right. A guy got killed by getting beamed at home plate. Back in those days, the ball was all scuffed, muddy, and they didn't replace it with a nice brand new ball. You're kidding? That ball could sing an area as it was on its way to home plate. The pitchers knew what to do. So You can't stop that. If you're asking, my opinion on this is that, yeah, Major League Baseball should uh, enforce this rule, yeah, like to to prevent the cheating. Well, that's the tricky part, but I I don't think you can uh, say it's open season, do whatever you want to the ball. Like, that's, that's insanity. Well, right? listen, if you catch a guy cheating, it has to be, I mean, the punish, punishment has to be a deterrent. Sure. Not, not, not a two-week suspension. You're going to miss 10 starts, whatever that equals, 50 we, days or well, whatever Well, we got to crack is. down on this because the game right now, it's, uh, what is it, home runs and strikeouts. Like there, I just, it is. I mean, we have to crack down on this just to make this game I'd like to have a game that my, you know, my teenage son will watch with me. Like, I, I, no I, chance. You know what he can watch with you? Blue Jays in 30. Right. Okay. Because the game takes too long. And I timed a game last week where it was 11 minutes without a ball being put in. So why did we fall in love? 11 minutes. Why did we fall in love? No, when I say ball ball play, there was a home run. So there's no defensive play there. Right. Uh, Two strikeouts, a walk, a hit by a pitch, and then another strikeout. Okay. So there was no no defender made a play on a ball. Right. 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 In that inning. You grew up loving this game of baseball. You loved it as a child. I, I mean, I'm wearing my George Bell jersey for a reason. I grew up loving Blue Jays baseball and loving baseball. What? What? How do we get back to that? Like, what is it? The genie's out of the bottle. We can't. Not going to happen, Mike. That's like getting back to television the way it was back in the 80s and 90s. Not going to happen. Things are changing too quickly. And the game of baseball, with the exception of three strikes for an out and four balls for a walk and three outs in an inning and nine players aside. And 90 feet between bases and for now, 60 feet, six inches from the mound to the home plate, who knows? The game is changing. The configuration of the ballparks, the way they hit the ball, the way pitchers pitch. This idea that back in the day, if you were a starting pitcher, you you wanted to complete your mission. And relievers were like scrubs, secondary guys. 
right? And the idea was, is that the third time through the order, you were throwing a different mixture of pitches. You remembered, I got this guy out in the first inning like that. Second time he got a hit off me, I'm try something else. Now, God forbid a pitcher should face, uh, you know, uh, yeah. the, the, the order third time through. So these guys, like, give me five innings. And then give me some 97-mile-an-hour heater in the sixth. Give me a guy who throws 100 in the seventh. Give me a guy with a wicked splitter for the eighth. And give me another guy who throws 105 for the ninth inning. And so that's the way the game is. So now when you come up in the seventh, eighth, or ninth inning, you're facing a guy that's breathing fire out there. It's a different game. And it's hit the home run. And you know what? The balls are going out of the ballparks at alarming frequency. Or guys are striking out. And, and, and it means that the rhythm of the game has changed. The rhythm of the game used to be, you know, uh, ground ball, you know, uh, you know, tough play by an infielder, uh, you know, diving catch in the outfield, liner in the gap, you know, ground rule doubled down the line, yep. hard hit ball, knocked down by an infielder. Now it's strikeout, strikeout, walk, strikeout, home run. There's right. just, um, you know, I, I don't know the percentage, but the number of balls put in play, right? Uh, it just keeps going down and down. Like I, I just... Maybe I'm an old man yelling at the cloud right now, which is fine. But I just, I just miss the uh, the rallies, like the uh, you know, when they stitch yeah. together the the seventh inning, you know, six run inning or whatever, but without a, without a home run even. Yeah. Anyway. I admit though, you see stuff in baseball that like you've never seen before. It just seems every day there's something else new in baseball. There was one yesterday where they called the infield fly rule on a ball that was hit to like shallow center field at Fenway Park, and there's so the infield fly rule is if the runners at first and second or the base is loaded and less than two outs. And the reason there's an infield fly rule, as soon as the ball's popped up to the infield, the umpire calls the batter out. The reason for that is if he doesn't, the infielder can let the, the pop-up drop right. and then get a double play. Easy double play, yep. Right. So, But if the ball's hit to like shallow center field, you can't call the infield, you can't call the batter automatically out. Right? right. Even if the infielder was to be going back and let the ball drop, he's not going to get a double play. So that ball's got to be in play. Right. Anyway, it was just wacky. So baseball's just got some wacky, wacky stuff, but some real talented players. If your last name ends with Junior, you're a great player. You're going to the Hall of Fame. <laughs> Every ball player named Junior now right. is a future Hall of Famer, it just seems. Wow. Are you interested in the Toronto sports radio ratings, Mike? Have I know this you, is a podcast. Literally. Radio is a we're, uh, form of communication but we're 36 minutes into this episode and i've been like salivating here waiting for this uh toronto sports media round discussion here so absolutely i'm interested okay so what if i told you that this podcast the one you're listening to now has many as many if not more listeners than tsn radio or the fan on their mid-morning radio shows not streaming i'm talking listening live listening live i would not be surprised by that fact Good. You shouldn't be because it's true. <laughs> we have somewhere in the neighborhood of 3000. They don't. So if you take away overdrives, incredible numbers in the afternoon, TSN 1050 has a 0.8 share the rest of the day among males, 25 to 54. Can you explain That's for horrible. the audience though? What does that mean? 0.0 it means less than 8. 1% of all people listening to the radio yeah. at that time, age 25 to 54 in the Toronto CMA. Mm-hmm. Less than 1% are listening to TSN radio. That's uh, not very many people. No, no. Now, at the fan, the morning show has a two share. So 2% of all people listening to radio, ages 25 to 54, males. Right. And that's their 2% target demo. Yeah. Are listening to 
the fan, and 0.9 are listening to TSN. From 10 till 3 in the morning, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m., TSN has a 0.6 share, and the fan's at 3.7. And I just tell the listenership that we're talking about percentage of a pie, like a slice of a pie, but that pie has shrunk so dramatically the last 10 years. Well, the total size of the pie, yeah. So you're now looking at 0.9% of... Yeah. Considerably less listeners. People who actually listen to terrestrial radio live. Right. That's right. Wow. That's right. And most people tell me that if they do listen to TSN Overdrive, they listen to the podcast or they stream it, but they don't listen to it live on the radio. Question. Let's say you're one of those selected people. I don't know how many there are, 5,000 people, whatever. Who? Oh, who, not even. Okay, well, how ma- the PPM people I'm talking about, the people who are measuring this and then have to wear. They have to wear a device. But- are they measured for streaming? No. Like there's no, because I no. thought maybe there was something they plug in their computer that could measure streaming. There may be, but I don't believe, I don't believe right. that, that, that they're doing you it. You can accurately get the streaming <laughs> numbers. That the only way they can do it, Nomaris, is through the PPMs. Because that's what these stations are kind of holding. They're kind of saying, okay, sure. yeah, they're measuring ter- people listening to terrestrial radio, but how many are streaming? How many are downloading the podcast? There's a thousand million trillion people doing that. Like that's sort well, of their black box. If they were smart, box. they would do what we were doing, what we do, and that is you make the podcast available right, and then promote the hell out of it. And then if you're smart, try to sell some ad time. They say, well, look, this is how many people are listening to the podcast. We got our podcast numbers. We can charge accordingly. Okay, speak, dip it. so speaking of uh, fan five ninety. Oh yeah, just you one finish second. the numbers and then I have afternoon drive. Say. The right. fan, which is Tim and Friends, two point four share. Uh, Overdrive a five share. Males twenty five to fifty four for the week. That's all shows from five a.m. until one a.m. TSN clocks in at a one point seven. The fan a three point three. So double the audience, and the biggest comparison. Overdrive is up 103%. Tim and Friends is down 6.5%. That Overdrive increase, that's that pretty much the old primetime sports crowd looking for some new sports no. radio? Okay. Oh, oh, yeah, some of it, I think, but I think it's a younger audience. It skews younger. A, a lot more of them are streaming than listening on radio. And let's, let's not get ahead of ourselves. McCowan's numbers were way better than that in his prime. He was drawing a 9, 10, 11 share. So much bigger. So you got a ways to go for TSN radio for that show to reach McCowan type numbers. Now, of course, the 30, the, the 35 and under crowd is not a terrestrial radio listenership no. audience. Did I say that right? Anyway, that's like my sons wouldn't know what an AM radio is. Right. Or right. how to find it even. So then I always wonder, like, what are we measuring now? Like, this is such an it's, it's sort of uh, like like if there's no one listening to the radio, then, you know, that's just the AM signal is just one distribution method. But really, you're right. a podcast like we are. But I mean, I guess you could listen to it on the iHeartRadio app or whatever apps. They've sure, got tune to in to is a big one. Yeah. On app. Tune in. But more and more people are listening to podcasts. Agreed. Yep. Okay. And, sure. and not necessarily the podcast of a radio show that it, with the exception of overdrive, that might be one of those, oh, we're promoting the local people that are on this station and, and the properties that we own. Right. And we're not really being objective when it comes to the issues surrounding the people that own this radio station, which also own this sports entity, sure. this partnership. And people are listening to podcasts like this because they're getting no bullshit. They're getting honest responses that are not tinged with corporate, you know. Allegiance. Um, speak <laughs> right right you 
Or, yeah, None of that stuff. You're fiercely independent. And they're getting, a, yeah, they're getting a fiercely independent, but an honest broadcast. Right. And let's face it, a lot of people listening to it are going, wait a minute, are they saying this because their jobs depend on it and they have to promote this person who works for Sportsnet or this TSN person or, the, you know, because that's all it is in a lot of cases. They're talking to other people that are employed by the same company for their expertise. Right. Right. Nice right. cross promotion. Now Let's before wait now. no because I have one thing quickly to add that oh, I think for Christ's sake. Well, yeah why come didn't on you say so <laughs> I just did so <laughs> Greg Brady okay two time morning show host on the Fan Five Ninety there was some like there was some murmuring about maybe will he get a third tour of duty like maybe when Labor Day comes will Greg Brady be back in the morning show spot at Five Ninety like I've heard rumblings about this I don't know if you've heard anything like that rumblings what do you mean you've heard rumblings. But here's what does the, that mean? This is rumblings means I you know I have I have people that are uh, more inside than I am who you know feed me okay. the odd tidbit here and there. There was some rumblings, possibly a third tour of duty by Greg Brady in the mornings on 590. But this is interesting. Uh, Mike Stafford was just fired as morning show host on 640. Did he just get hired at 640? Mike Stafford? No, he's been there forever. Like he got, no no I don't well, mean in the mornings for mornings. He hasn't been doing mornings. Uh, he's been there probably three years, maybe three years. Has it been three years? Yeah, I think okay. he took over for a couple of people for the national. Uh, Post, yeah, right? Matt Gurney and Supriya yeah. Duvetti. Not, not very good. Not very good numbers. No, no, but he was fired for a variety of reasons. Go to torontomike.com to learn why. But here's where I know it fits why. in. He's a racist, right? <laughs> he said racist. Alleged. Yes. He's an alleged racist. Well, he racist. said racist uh, things, so I don't know. Well, that would make him <laughs> somewhat racist. Right, anyway. and multiple times. So, but, but what's hold your, on. Uh, so what's your feeling here's, here? Well, here, this is where I'm going sports radio-wise, because obviously we don't yes. talk about 640 on this show, because 590 is the sports station. But if Greg, Greg Brady looks like the heir apparent to take over the morning show on 640, I think mm. possibly they give him that job because he's been filling in anyways, right? So if Greg Brady is the morning show host on 640, that would take him out of contention to be the morning show host on 590. And it might mess with some plans that are in the works for uh, Labor Day. Why do you think might. he would want to go back to Rogers after oh, I the think, way they treated him? Well, he, uh, well think about that. The, uns, the instability of Rogers director. radio. Yeah. For all the times that he, for the times that he worked. Uh, all radios. In do you think it's stable. more stable now? No, but not, 640 is not stable. They could be, they could be all traffic next month. I don't think 640. No, 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 no. I disagree. You think 640, think 640 is a more 640 stable been... gig than uh, 590? Oh, for sure. Okay, possibly. Yeah. But but I will no, just say I, this. And I'll tell you why. I think yeah. you have to look at the management, and I think you have to look at the ownership of both stations. Rogers so chorus doesn't versus shit. Rogers? Rogers chorus doesn't, doesn't give a shit about the fan. They know. And you they think Chorus is all they, in with Mike, 640? If they cared about the fan, the Blue Jay games would have their own separate radio broadcast. They wouldn't be simulcasting from Rogers Sportsnet's TV audio. They've said That's it's only one. for COVID. That's though. number one. Okay. Number two, by now, they would have had a solid morning show in place to kick the snot out of Landsberg and Koliakovo on TSN. They haven't. They're not motivated at Rogers Radio to do with the fan what the, what, what the listeners expect what the sports fans of Toronto expect. They're not. They're going through the motions. You were our program director. You hired Dean Blundell. You did that. Andrew Crystal, da-da-da, you're out. Bob McCowan, you're out. Uh, Tim and Sid, you're out. You're in, you're out. You're going to TV. You're coming back to radio. You're da 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 The good show. 
You're going to take over one to four. No, 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 you're going to be nine to noon. No, Blair's going to be there. No, it's going to be, it's Kevin Barker. It's, it's Jeff Blair. It's, it's Hazel. It's right. They're all over the map. Okay. It, the Jays game is on. The Jays game's not on. The Leaf game is on. No, the game's on. Now that's on 680 news. I'm sorry. That's city TV radio news. Now it's all changing. Right. Right. It's not getting better, Mike. It's getting worse. Why would you throw yourself into that shit when already twice you've been shown the door? Why wouldn't you want something where, and remember, Greg started in Toronto at 640. Yeah. So yeah. there is some, it's nice to know that someone would say, look, we like you. We always liked what you did. You left us on good terms. We've got something for you here. You fill in there. You can fill in there. You're getting some gigs. But at the fan, who knows, man? I mean, for all I know, Roger Lerge was the new morning man. He's been there for 35 years. Could you imagine? More than maybe. Okay. All right. I hear you. I hear you. Storm and Norman Rumack, the new morning man with Howard Berger. Oh, they're available. Yeah, sure. Doug McClain, Nick Kiprios. That'd be Hockey Central at 8 a.m., the new show. Okay. Bring in uh, Dan O'Toole. Go get Nastasha Staniszewski. Some people that we know. Put them on the air. And I'm here to tell you, Hebsey, that if Greg Brady did not get the 640 morning show, but I actually think he is, which is why this won't happen. But if he did not, I think he would be very interested in having a full-time paycheck in the radio. And I think he'd be okay going back to 590 because it is a different program director there now. You think it's all about money. But you know him better than I do. You think it's all about money, but it's I know. I think a lot of it has to do with getting a gig in radio. And I think that before the pandemic, the first thing you'd say, well, you go where the money is. And now that you've been... You know, you can't see certain people. You can't do certain things. You have more of an appreciation for the time spent with loved ones and with your friends. You cherish it more. And so it's not all about money. And it's kind of like when I want to go talk about Zach Hyman here in a second, is that everyone's going, oh, you got, he's going to get money here. That What makes you think that someone would want to leave their hometown where they're building a brand, where they have family, where they have roots, to go to another city that they know nothing about or that don't know anyone there, just because it's gonna, they're gonna pay him more money to to play hockey. I mean, if I said to you, Mike, you could make three million here, right, and be happier in hell, or you could make five million there, maybe not as happy, but you're making more money. And then when the time comes that your career ends, you can always go back home and take all that money that you made and make yourself happy. You say, well, wait a second, man, I'm from here. I I have roots here. Um, I don't mind making 3 million a year here. I'm okay with that. If I can build my brand here in Toronto, I can make the extra 2 million on the business side. I can make 5 million here, but I can't go to Philadelphia and make a penny on my brand. And so we're into another story now. Yeah, sure. We're on hockey now. But it's not all about the money, Mike. It's about Mm -hmm. being happy. And the money doesn't buy the happiness. I'm with you on the Zach Hyman front. I know we've moved on from Greg Brady, but I'm saying, as you know, there's only so many full-time uh, permanent jobs in the world of Toronto radio. There's only a handful, and if you can secure one, usually uh, you, you you take what you can get there. Well, if you were to be saying that to me, Mike, in 2012, I'd say you're 100% right. But this is 2021, right? and radio ain't the same. Podcasting, right. that's the way to go. Let's go to <laughs> hockey. What an atmosphere in Vegas last night. 18,000 screaming, hanky-waving fans at the T-Mobile Arena saw the Golden Knights advance to the Cup semifinal by knocking off Colorado in six games. Phenomenal. 
Great game. After the Avs won the first two games, nobody thought that the Vegas squad could storm back and win four in a row, except for Coach Peter DeBoer and the Vegas players. And he didn't mind telling the assembled media that. You know, nobody gave us a chance. And think about this, folks. Anytime a team loses the first two games of a series, any series, in any sport, and get waxed in both games, nobody says, oh, wait till we get them back at our place, we'll show them. Because they've... How can a team that looked so bad against a team that looked so unbeatable turn things around? That's the beauty of sports. Look at the Toronto Maple Leafs. Home and cooled out against Montreal. Up 3-1, baby. And so Vegas, like Montreal, against all odds, comes back from a big deficit and wins a series. And those two will take each other on starting Monday in Vegas. The other semifinalized Tampa against the Islanders. That begins Sunday. It's very exciting, except for people in Toronto who are being forced to look at the Canadians' colors on the CN Tower. Now, the mayor of Toronto, John Tory, says he didn't know anything about it. This right. is bullshit. I want to know who's responsible okay, but- for putting the Montreal Canadiens colors up on the CN Tower because never in a million years would anyone in Montreal acknowledge the Toronto Maple Leafs <laughs> if they had advanced Agreed. by beating Montreal. No way in Montreal are they going to put lights, Maple Leaf colors on the St. Joseph's Oratory. No way. Agreed, 100%. But that, that is a federal building, that CN Tower. So obviously this is a, a federal thing. But I will just say that it's embarrassing. I found it very, like, it's just embarrassing. Uh, it's What's the term you might use? Uh, cuck? Uh, <laughs> we were cucked, I believe. Well, that's uh, that's a shout out to uh, no way old English classes. But Can you imagine in Montreal, they say, what the hell is that? On the federal building in Montreal. What that? Yeah, no, the no. The leaf colors? It's embar- it's, I find it just cringing embarrassment that we would pay any tribute to it, another team for going Look to this those wimps final four. That's embarrassing. Look at those wimps in Toronto. Okay. Bending over for Montreal after Montreal just stuck it to you. So let's talk about this because uh, we've uh, nah. like, there is that. Do you want to talk about this? Well, I know about the fact that some people think you should root for the Canadian based team. Uh, I've never had any of that in my being ever. Like, in fact, I root against the other Canadian teams because I want the next Canadian team to win the Stanley Cup to be my Toronto Maple Leafs, and I believe that Thank passionately. You. So I'm like, I'm rooting. I want Vegas to win in four straight, but not just because it's the Habs. If it was the Jets, I'd want Vegas to win in four straight. Like, I root against the other Canadian teams. Why is it that people think you need to root for a Canadian team if the Leafs are out? Well, that comes from television. That comes from the you know the networks. That comes from Hockey Night in Canada. You tune in the game. Let's it's all the Canadian teams. Let's go Canada. If there's one team left, you got to throw your weight behind it. The CBC Sportsnet throw our weight behind the one Canadian team that's left because that's the only way we're going to generate any fucking revenue is if there's any Canadian team in there. Of course, if it's not the Leafs, we're not as enthused. Because the numbers go way down, as you've uh, you know pointed out, and everybody. Do we know the that. numbers? Because I didn't watch a minute of Montreal versus. Like no, I didn't watch half. a single minute. Do we know the numbers? Okay. okay, okay. I don't even remember who Montreal played now. <laughs> but they, we, we're talking like they are. They're hitting. Did they hit two million ever? Like, does that even happen, or do you have to factor yeah, in I think the it's uh, about two million. the French network too? Maybe doesn't matter to okay. me. Okay. It doesn't right. include streaming numbers. It doesn't. I don't know. I didn't watch matter. a minute, my friend. I was out. I didn't. I watched some, but. I I wasn't re- I was rooting for Winnipeg for a while there just to make it a series. Right. Right. But that Shifley hit. Right. <laughs> and then Shifley comes and says, "Well, I was I wasn't put down by uh by a Montreal Canadiens. I was put down by the Department of uh, Player Safety." Like, what? 
you made a most idiotic move. And I don't care if you only had 12 penalty minutes in the regular season. You had a brain cramp of all brain cramps. And now you're saying, oh, four, four games was too harsh. Hebsey, what do you think of this narrative? Every time the New York Islanders have playoff success, which they're having quite a bit this year, they're playing Tampa yep. Bay in the conference final there, or whatever. No, yep. what is it? Yeah, the conference final. Where are we at? Anyway, it's the semifinals. Semifinals. Okay. So uh, every time that happens, we hear about how oh, you know, Shanahan picked the wrong guy. Like he went with Dubis over Lou Lamorello. We hear that. Yeah. Then we also hear oh, look, you know, John Tavares leaves the team, and they have more success than they had with him, and the Leafs can't win a playoff round. Like, what do you think of those narratives? that seem to be repeated by the, the Steve Simmons and everybody out there who seems to root for Lou Lamorello? Well, um, they're, they're easy because the Leafs keep losing in the playoffs. So it's uh, you just go back into your bag of tricks going, uh, oh, there, there's the Lamorello one. There's the Tavar. There's the Islander one. Let's pull that one out. Of course, w- when the Leafs were winning, you know, they weren't saying that. Leafs were just moving along. There was right. no comparisons. And no, nobody even paid attention to Lou Lamorello and Barry Trotz on the island. Uh, right. And now, of course, that the Leafs have now lost another series, and I believe I believe the Islanders have won five playoff series since Lamorello arrived. Sure, and the Leafs have won Zero. none. <laughs> okay, so last point a- before you get to the Euros. I know you love to talk Euros, and I want to hear about that. But one last thing here, real quick, is you were raised in a time where there was no Toronto Blue Jays. See, I didn't. I did. I was raised with the Blue Jays, so I was yeah. rooting for the Blue Jays. Were you an Expos fan because they were a Canadian yes. team? Okay, so huge. So no, no, I was a baseball fan. Okay. And I didn't have a particular team because it depended on who was on NBC's game of the week every Saturday. You didn't get baseball on TV. You got your NBC game once a week. Right. And then the World Series and the playoffs. Sure. So when the Expos came along in 1969, I'm 13 years old and I'm a huge baseball fan. So Mm -hmm. naturally there were games on TV. The CBC ran, I don't know, 20 games a year. Right. And so they became my favorite team. Right. Because they were available on television. They could have been in Winnipeg. They could have been in Vancouver. It didn't matter. Right. As soon as the games were televised and I got a chance to see the games, that made me a fan. That makes That's sense. That's how you become a fan. That's why when, when television first came out in the late 40s and the early 50s, a lot of baseball teams especially, and hockey teams too, refused to have their home games televised because they felt that, that, would, that people wouldn't go to the game. Why right. would they when they could watch it on television? Right. They didn't realize that the power of television was such that the more people that watched it, the more would want to go to a game and see it live, experience right. it. This kind of they fucked the CFL, right? Like there were a lot of Argos games yep. I remember being blocked at. So. They didn't look at it that way. Now, and so probably right. the best example was the Chicago Blackhawks, who up until the time, I, I, even into the 90s, their home games were not available on local Chicago television. Wow. Even though the barn was full, you couldn't get a seat in the Chicago stadium. Bill Wirtz, wow. the owner would not allow the home games to be televised. So generations of potential Chicago hockey fans never got an opportunity to see their team in their glory. Only the road games. Never got a chance to see what it was like, feel the atmosphere in the Chicago stadium, watching their home team play. Wow. And then and then wanting to get tickets to those games, right. which were always sold out. Wow. So very, so very different. So I just think the compare there would be, so we have a rap, the Raptors and Blue Jays are the only Canadian franchises in their respective leagues. So I, I only know, I'm only a Toronto guy, but I'm, I'm guessing like if you're in Winnipeg, you'd root for the Raptors because you get all the games on the uh, Sportsnet or TSN. Right. Like, so it's not so much that they're Canadian based. It's more that that's what you're being fed over the air or am I? But the difference is Mike in 77 yeah. or 69 when the Expo started, yeah. you got CBC, you got CTV. 
right, right. That's right, it. Right. Now you can now, watch any game, right? Now you could subscribe to the Major League Baseball and watch every single game. Just always Minnesota curious Twins, about that. Yeah. Milwaukee Brave, Milwaukee Brewers, whoever, it doesn't matter. But back then, if you wanted to watch baseball on television, you had the NBC Game mm-hmm. of the Week on Saturdays, and you had the Expos games, and then later the Blue Jays games. Right. And now every game's on TV. So in conclusion, okay, uh, if you're the only franchise in the country, like the Expos were for several years, or like the Raptors and Blue Jays are right now, you can make this case about, you could talk about being Canada's team, even though you're not. It's the Toronto Blue Jays, the Toronto Raptors. Of course. But with regards to the NHL, where all the major cities, in Can- the biggest cities in Canada, all have their own freaking franchises, this, this, this concept does not exist. No Leaf fan is going to root for the Montreal Canadiens because they're Canadian-based and they're uh, the only Canadian team left. That is bullshit. It always has been. we got to stop this narrative. It's such bullshit. Oh, I agree. Look, I look, look, I like the members of the media or the friends that I have in Montreal, in Winnipeg, in Calgary, in Edmonton, in Regina, in BC, all over. I like them, the people. But I don't like the Calgary Stampeders, the Edmonton Elks, Right. The Edmonton Oilers, the Calgary Flames, the I hate the Vancouver Canucks, yeah. the British Columbia Lions, right. the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, right. the Winnipeg Jets, and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. I hate them. Right. I hate those teams. Yeah. I hate the Hamilton Tiger Cats. I hate the Ottawa Renegades. I hate the Montreal Alumets and the Montreal Canadiens. There's no Renegades, right? What are they called? Red Blacks. Thank you. Ottawa Red Blacks. <laughs> I don't like that name anyway. But still, I don't right. like any of those teams. I like the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Toronto Raptors, the Toronto Blue Jays, TFC, not as much as I used to. Not nuts about them. Argos, no, not anymore. Not a fan of the CFL at all. And so those are the teams that I root for. And there's certain players that I root for that play on other teams, right? And there's certain teams that if my team isn't playing, I might root for. I hate to see the the Yankees win. So I'll root against the Yankees. Right. I'll root against the Boston Bruins. Right. That kind of a thing. That's the kind of fan I am. And this morning at 12.01 a.m., I was on the patio drinking a beer because I could. Because <laughs> we're open for the first time. And just in time for Euro 2020. Woo! The huge soccer event that was postponed from last summer. And the reason they're not calling it Euro 2021 is because all the merch right. has Euro 2020 on it. It was pre-ordered <laughs> millions and millions of, of T-shirts and caps and all the apparel and the pins. It all has 2020 on it. What are they going to do? Send it back? Right. Make us a whole bunch of 2021. Well, sorry, that's been canceled. Okay, send that back. Make it 2022. No. And since I have no skin in the game at all, I mean, Canada does not have a team in Euro 2020. Right. <laughs> but I live in Little Italy. Right. And I have to root for the Italians or I'll never hear the end of it. You know what I mean? I have to. Right. But I also live near Little Portugal. And I'm a fan of Cristiano Ronaldo. And I do have an affinity for French food. So I have to be careful. I like France. <laughs> and every Thanksgiving, I like Turkey. But I can't root for <laughs> Turkey because they're playing Italy today. Right. In the middle of Little Italy. What time is that, Mark? the same guys. Hey, Mark, Mark, Mark. What do you think about Italy this year? You like Italy this year? Mark, what, what, Mark, who do you like in the group of death? I'm like, the group of death? (laughs) You know what the group of death is this year? It's the Hungarians. It's the Portuguese. It's them French. And it's them Germans. Who do you like? That is a tough group. I'm like, uh, I don't know. Who do you like? Well, 
I don't like Germany, that's for sure. I don't like them. Didn't like what they did to us back in the 30s. Hungary, not crazy about them either. Wow. Portugal, can't stand them. I don't mind a French baguette once in a while. I'll go with France. <laughs> You're like hey, Mark, an extra. Mark, Mark from- what about Zach Hyman? Because he's not going to sign with the Leafs, and they're going to lose him. Gonna, don't worry about Zach Hyman. He'll be fine. What do you mean he'll be fine? I'm going to take $5 million to go somewhere else. The Leafs aren't going to pay him $5 million. <laughs> yeah, but Zach Hyman's from Toronto. He's from here. His family's from here. He, he's, he's a Toronto guy. His brand in Toronto and in Canada is huge. If he goes somewhere else, he'll make more money, but the brand will be nothing. What are you talking about, Mark? You're going to go for the money. The Leafs aren't going to play this guy. So this is what I have to go through. So that's why I have to root for Italy in Euro 2020. And I just say, if they ever reboot The Sopranos, I think a prequel is coming. You'd make a good extra. Like, I could see you there kind of. These are real guys, Mike. I know. I I see these guys all the time. I see them from across the street. Hey, Mike, Mike, come come over here. Come over here. Guy might even meet me in the middle of the street sometime. I got to talk to you a second. What are they going to do with the goaltending? (laughs) But they never go like this. Hey, Mark, Mark, what about Donovan Mitchell of the Utah Jazz? You think he's a better player than than, uh, Steph Curry? Never. You'll never hear guys say that. None of, none of the Italians I know, the Portuguese, mm-hmm. none of, no one will ever say, hey, Mike, Mike, come over here. You think Steve Nash uh, could be coach of the year this year for Brooklyn? <laughs> what, do you, what do you think of uh, Durant and, uh, and Harden and Kyrie Irving? Are they the best threesome right. you've ever seen? No, seriously, because I used to play basketball back in Parma. Never. Right. Right. Not going to happen. By the way, the Utah Jazz are up uh, two up, two zero in their series with the uh, LA Clippers mm-hmm. and uh, Kawhi Leonard. Thanks to a 117-111 win last night. Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell. He's a good player. Uh, had 45 points in the opening game. 37 last night against the Clippers. Game three is Saturday in Los Angeles. Home of the Clippers. Lakers, they're gone. Mm-hmm. In the Eastern semifinal, Milwaukee stopped the bleeding with an 86-83 over Brooklyn. 86-83. So the Nets now lead the series two games to one. Game four in Wisconsin on Sunday. Tonight, Philadelphia at home to Atlanta. The series even 1-1. And the other Western semi has Phoenix up two games to none, visiting the Denver Nuggets. In golf, it's the Palmetto Championship in South Carolina. Never heard of this tournament before. Some guy named Wes Roach, the leader at 700. Never heard of him. He's never heard of me. No, I shouldn't say that. He, he may listen to the he, podcast He might right know now. you. He might know you. And if you are, Wes, hey, good luck at the Palmetto Championships. Top Canadian, Roger Sloan at minus four. At the LPGA Medi-Heel Championship, Brooke Henderson tied for 113th after a five over 77. Did you hear about John Rahm last week, Mike? I Yes, I did. I did hear about this, yes. He's leading the Memorial Tournament by six shots after the third round. Six shots. Comes off the 18th green. An official comes over, whispers something in his ear, and he literally falls to his knees. Wrong. No. Oh, no. What the hell's going on? They told him he tested positive for COVID and would be disqualified. I don't know if he had to withdraw or was disqualified. I think he had to withdraw because the tour rules state, PGA tour rules, that anyone who tests positive must immediately isolate. So Rom was out. And I'm saying to myself, wait a second. First of all, to tell the guy in front of everybody <clears throat> that he's been disqualified or that he can't play because he's tested positive is just amateurish, man. Wait till the guy gets in. You know, give him some privacy before you lay this on him. He's got a six-shot lead. He's going to win this tournament. And now he can't play? That's wrong. He should have been allowed to go out the next morning by himself 
and post a score. Wow. Wow. Because to me, to say, oh, no, 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 you, you, you've got to isolate like right now. You, you got to isolate for 14 days or 10 days or whatever it is on the tour and test. Hey, wait a second. I'm going to be by myself. I'm going to be outdoors by myself. Perfectly healthy. No symptoms at all. Not going to come anywhere near anybody. I should be allowed to post the score. And if that was the case, he would have won that tournament easily. Hebsy, though, they know the rules going in. The rules are clear, and you got to enforce the rules as they're written. You can't suddenly make this big exception, or we're going to let you. Come on. That's not how these golf, golf of all sports, doesn't bend rules. Right. The guy had a six shot lead. Are you kidding? The rules are the rules. He, 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 whether he was positive or not, he was. And if the was he vaccinated? He was Do we know? Was this, guy, was this guy fully vaccinated? Do we have Well, that that's the thing. Probably not, because if he was fully vaccinated, it was unlikely that he would have tested positive for COVID, correct? Unlikely is exactly correct, yes. There's like unlikely. 90-something So I'm thinking efficacy. not vaccinated. And if that's the case, okay, you knew what the rules were. But at the same time, as a golf fan, I would have liked to have seen him play all 72 holes. And if he could have done it safely, which I believe he could have by going out by himself and posting a score the next morning. Anyway, that's just me. Paul Hockyard, I don't know if he knows this. He says he wasn't vaccinated, but uh, he is, knows that for a fact, or he's Paul. Get back to us if that's assumption. a fact or if that's an assumption. He's going to get back. I, to I never heard anyone ask John Rom or him answer as to whether he was vaccinated or not. But that's a good assumption. Would have been my first question. Is that too yeah. personal? That medical question. I feel like that's fair game. At this well, again, point. I'm not sure he was interviewed by the media at all. I don't believe he made any statement or anything to that effect or answered any questions. As to whether he's vaccinated. That's just me. I didn't Okay, Paul Hockier says that's a fact. So apparently somewhere it's on, on the oh, record. He, so it is. It's confirmed that well, he I feel said he's, he uh, admitted that he wasn't vaccinated. <laughs> I haven't met Paul, but I, I, he's been well, a big pa- fan. Does Paul have a podcast where he had this? Or Paul is just <laughs> Paul, one of our great listeners who's just making be, an assumption here. Right. Uh, he says it's a I fact. I need a second source. No well, offense, just, Paul, but that's what Well, we need Paul do. to give us his source. I need two, no, I need two <laughs> Paul's not a source. independent sources to say that it's confirmed that John Rom said that he has not been fully vaccinated. I'll In take, the meantime, go ahead. <laughs> I know that I can go to Crosswinds Golf and Country Club anytime. And even if I'm not fully vaccinated, which I will be next week, right. all the precautions are in place to ensure that your golfing experience is a pleasant one and COVID-free. No problems at all. Go to crosswindsgolf.com, book your tea time online. It's beautiful. It's in great shape. The views are spectacular. And uh, I play there all the time, and it's just wonderful. It's a great golfing experience. Crosswindsgolf.com. Show them the hat there, Mike. There you go. Oh, Paul says he's citing sources, and they're very good. He says uh, the PGA I and the Golf Channel. I need to know the sources. Golf Channel and PGA. Have, so okay, good this enough. is on the if record. If the Golf Channel and the PGA Tour both confirmed that he has not been fully vaccinated, then he's an idiot, and he deserves what he gets. Right. I take back everything else I right. said. Right. At the French Open, we're talking tennis now on the red clay of Roland Garros, Stade Roland Garros. Huh? The semifinals are going on. <clears throat> Excuse me. Number five, Stefan Tsitsipas. Stefano Tsitsipas is playing number six, um, Sasha Zverev. It's going on right now. Do you want an update? Number three seed, Rafael Nadal is taking on the number one seed, Novak Djokovic, later. Do you want an update on the Tsitsipas? <clears throat> Did I say that right? Tsitsipas? Tsitsipas. Tsitsipas. He's up two set two two to nothing over. Two sets to love? Yes. Two to nothing. It's two zip. It's two zip two in the, in the tennis love. game. It's the best three out of five at the French Open for the men. Right. Not for the ladies. I know you have an issue with that, as I recall. No, well, I'm <laughs> saying if you want the same amount of money, you should play the same number of sets. That's just me. I'm not talking about the female golfers having to play from the men's tees. 
I'm talking about female versus female. Play the best three out of five. The men do. Or let the men play best two out of three. And then you're fully equal. Mm, maybe another day. I don't know if I can get into it now, but I think that's... Uh... It's because you know I'm right. Because no, if you want equality, right. you want the equal amount of money, you play the equal amount of time. The money is simple. It's a different... Quite simple. Are female hockey players playing 45-minute hockey games? Why no, do you, think, why do you think women do best of three instead of best of five? Why do you think that is? Not for me to say, but they should change the rule. Oh, I got, I got it. Here's why. The same reason why women were not allowed to... There was no women's marathon in the Olympics or women's 10,000 meters in the Olympics, or women weren't allowed to swim any more than 200 meters, right? Because, oh my God, they're women and they'll sink like a stone. Think about that. Think about all the sports and all yeah. the events. Yeah, I think the that marathon never, was... That women were never... Their sorry, uterus would fall out discus. or something? <laughs> I think I remember. Women can't throw a shot. But they're going to hurt themselves. Right. You want women to run a mile? Are you out of your mind? Think about that for a second, Mike. Think about the evolution of athletics. And what women weren't allowed to do. Women's basketball was, you can bounce it and grab it and bounce it and grab it and, you know, all that stuff. Men's basketball was, you can't bounce it and grab it. Bounce it. You got to. Suddenly they said, Jesus, maybe we should make it the same for women. Maybe we should make the rules exact. What's the difference? Who's playing? It's the same. Yeah, rules. it's about though. You want to. You want it to be entertaining to the audience. It's possible that you've got when the women are in that fifth match. It's some awful tennis. Like simply bio, biologically, the uh, the 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 it, it would not what be. What uh, are you saying, Mike? It might not be uh, tennis. What you'd are you saying, watch. Mike? Like I think that the best of three gives you top quality tennis, and it attracts What's your a lot of, of viewers. A women's marathon. Because let's face it, the women in the last few miles of a marathon are not going to make it nearly as interesting it's as no, the men but marathon's would. Different. In the marathon's 24th never and 25th and 26th mile of a marathon. Get out of here. I don't even want to talk about this. Because you're just wrong about this. You want equality? Great. You didn't have it in the past? Okay. And now you can? Great. Make up for it. Step up. You want wow. the same amount of money? Play three out of five sets. Wow. It's quite simple. Okay, are, are the nets in women's hockey four by six or are they smaller because they're women? Is the rim 10 feet high in women's basketball or nine and a half because they're women? Come on, Mike. This year in tennis, no Osaka, no Bianca, no Serena, no interest. Woo. Don't care. I cannot even pronounce the names of the two women who were in the French Open final. <laughs> they both end in Ova. I don't know who they are. <clears throat> so I don't care. If they don't care, I don't care. There's a lot of annoying commercials out there, eh, Mike? Indeed. Because if you watch the Jays or you watch hockey, you watch the sports channels, you get a repeat of the same commercial. Right. There's that Tim Hortons hockey stick collection. Oh, you mean Austin Matthews is the best player? Shea Weber, first ballot all-star, first ballot uh, Hall of Famer, eh? Eh? Giddy up. Yeah, dumb commercial. <laughs> and then there's the Sportsnet life coach. There's only one good commercial that he's on, and that's the one where he falls asleep, wakes up, looks at his <sighs> iPad, and goes, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., how long have I been sleeping? Right. That's a good line. The rest <laughs> of them are shit. Okay, and I saw this guy on a couple of other commercials too, the same guy. I'm going, it's the Sportsnet life coach <laughs> sitting on a couch doing a commercial for air conditioners or something. Right. It's him. <laughs> Most annoying character. Uh, and the Hyundai spot where the kid pees in his pants in the backseat of the car. They've edited 15 times. Right. They're all bad commercials. They're shitty commercials, stupid commercials. But the best one 
is this Uber Eats commercial with Patrick Waugh and Mario Tremblay playing table hockey. Have you seen it? I don't think I've seen it. Oh, you would know if you saw it. Okay, I haven't seen it. Yeah, you know it's Patrick Waugh. You know it's Mario Trombley. They're playing table hockey. But I haven't watched hockey since the uh, Game 7 Leafs have. Okay. One of them scores. Oh, Mario Trombley scores, I guess. And and they show they flash to the scoreboard. The score is 9-1. to one. <laughs> And then they cut to Patrick Waugh, and he kind of raises his eyebrow. And they cut to Mario Trombley, and he kind of... And that's the spot. That's good. That's it's good. It's very good. Very, very good. good. I had to see that. And uh, what other logos? I think okay. I think we pretty much covered everything, Mike. So, with that, the end of episode two thirty six of Hebsy on Sports. Woo. And thanks as always to Toronto Mike for production and inspiration. He's hosted eight hundred and sixty five podcasts. Try listening to just one of them. <laughs> Try one of them, and see what you know. And you can choose from a myriad of guests. Do do the clown was on the show this week. <clears throat> I couldn't watch that. I'm afraid of clowns. A lot of people are because of these movies. <clears throat> the we fear were. of clowns. So I will not be listening to Doo Doo the Clown. But go to uh, go uh, check out uh, at Toronto Mike and um, just choose choose your podcast. Lots of great guests. And thanks also to Crosswinds Golf and Country Club for their continued support. Go to crosswindsgolf.com. Book your tee time now. Tell them Hebsy sent you. And thanks to manscaped.com. Do you want to feel and look great below the waist? Get the Lawnmower 4.0 and other great men's grooming products and get 20% off if you go to manscaped.com and use the promo code HEBSY at checkout. Please help out the show. And you know what? And Mike and I can attest to this. Your balls will thank you. Thanks to, uh, for allowing us into your headspace and below the waist as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going out in the patio and have a cold one. Back with another exciting episode next week. Until then, so long for now. This podcast has been produced by TMDS and accelerated by Rome Phone. Rome Phone brings you the most reliable virtual phone service to run your business and protect your home number from unwanted calls. Visit romephone.ca to get started.